Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm going to jump right into the topic. In fact, um, I'm just going to kind of show you my first two pages of my notes. Um, They kind of look really crazy, and that's because I have a lot of stuff to get through. We're talking about the topic of healing, and there's a ton of stuff that I've been studying about healing and, uh, and really just learning myself this week about healing, and uh, can I tell you that it's not an easy topic to teach on, and so uh, what I need you to do is that, hey, if you agree with something that I say this morning, hey, feel free to shout back at me, shout amen, shout glory, hallelujah, I don't know what you want to do, yeah, there we go. And do whatever you want to do, uh, but I, the, your engagement is going to help me preach this message, and I'm just giving you a heads up that this is a, a super deep message on healing, and really it's deep because everyone, every single one of us has had experiences with it. We've all had experiences where either a family member got healed or maybe, maybe they didn't, and we ask God the question, why? Why does this happen? And so we're, ta- we're, we're tackling this whole, uh, this, this whole message today is all about the topic of healing. Turn to your neighbor and say healing, would you? All right. Uh, so this is a really just such a deep topic that people don't understand. And really in the church world, there's a lot of different views on healing. And honestly, you probably have your own view on healing. You probably have your own thing that you think healing is. And uh, today, I just want to, what I want to do is I just want to give you the biblical approach. I know there's all kinds of different approaches out there. I'm going to give you what I believe is the most biblical approach. And really just, I just want to give you the verses on what the Bible says. I'm just going to give it to you in scripture. And what I want you to do is that if you go home, I take that note-taking sheet with you, read through some of those verses and learn about healing on your own. But I just want to start and say, let me give you just two errors on what I believe that there, there have been some errors in the church about healing. There's this one that um, I kind of made up. It's this confessionist approach. It's, it's these people who, they believe that you can be healed if you, just, if, 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 if you just say it, if you just say it out of your mouth. It's one of those name it and claim it type deals. If you would just say that you're healed, you're going to be healed. Or it's, it's one of those, like, I, I call it the blab it and grab it, all right? <laughs> you, you blab something out and you, take, and, you, and you take it. And so that's really what this confessionist approach is, is that they just name it and claim it, and they believe that your words have power. And that's not really biblical. The Bible doesn't say that your words have, have power. Your, the Bible says that what you say is important. And I, I, I don't want to get this confused, but what you say over yourself is important, but it's not your words that have the power. It's not anything that you can do that has the power. The fact is, is that Jesus has the power. It's encouraging to say things to yourself, but you can't just say something and have it. You can't just, it it doesn't work like that. And so what I want to caution you about people who say things like this, and you may have heard something like this, people who, uh, uh, people who go by this confessionist approach, they'll say things, they'll say things like, well, if you're sick, you're in sin, you're really just messed up, and, 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 and you're, and because you're far from God, he doesn't heal you. Can I tell you that that's a lie? It's a complete lie, and, and, and this, this confessionist approach is, is a lie. It's not what God's word says. And so on one side, we've got this confessionist approach that says, hey, you just name it and claim it. If you just say it, you can have it. But then the opposite end, here's what the opposite end is. It's just sensationism. It's a sensationistic 
approach. And this is actually a, a theology in some denominations. Uh, it's a theology of sensationism. And literally the definition of sensationism is the belief that miracles happened in the Bible, but they don't happen today. And this is just such a skewed view of what, of what miracles are and what healing is. And, and they believe, these type of people believe that when the final apostle died, that basically God just closed up shop. That he stopped healing people as soon as, as, soon as the final apostle died. God closed up shop and, and, and he's done. And unfortunately, this is not in the Bible either. Actually, thank God it's not in the Bible, everybody. I don't know about you, but I want God to heal some people in my life. And so thank God that he didn't close up shop in one miracle, with, with, uh, he didn't close up shop with the miracles. And uh, the reason that we know this is that honestly, if he's done one mir- if, he, if God has done one miracle in the past 2,000 years, then he still does miracles, everybody. So this, this, one, this one is just, just garbage, all right? Uh, this is just not an approach that we want to go with. And so, and so because of that, I just give you this, these two opposite, polar opposites, just to get us a conversation started. Because we know that our God is in the miracle-working business. In fact, many of you know that. But somewhere along the line, we've all had some experience. And, and we've seen God do great things in our life before, but we've also buried people that we prayed for. And so the problem is, is that we believe in miracles, but why doesn't it happen to everybody? And we've been, we've been disappointed in this area, and I, I believe that this is one of, the, one of the biggest areas of disappointment in the church world, is, is this healing topic, that not everybody gets healed. And, and whenever we have disappointment in this area, what, it, what does it do to us? It causes fear in us. When God doesn't heal somebody that we prayed for, all of a sudden it makes us have an overwhelming fear. And I can tell you that just because I know it personally. I know what it feels like to be in the middle of all of that. And so what I want to do today is just answer this question. And, 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 and many of you, you'll, you'll probably want to know the answer to this question. So what in the world does God's word say about healing? That's what we're talking about. What does God's word say about healing? What is the biblical approach to healing? And one of the clearest places that you can find uh, where it talks about this in the Bible, where it talks about sick people getting well, it's in James uh, chapter 5. Let's look at it here on the screen. James chapter 5 says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is, any, uh, is anyone among you happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? And he says, Let them call to the elders of the church, to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And this is something that we don't see a lot in church. This is something that we don't talk about in church. But can I tell you that today, we're going to have this opportunity here for you. We're going to offer this opportunity at the end of service that if you need healing, we're going to invite you forward to come get prayed for by one of our prayer partners, and they will anoint you with oil. Now, You've got to ask. We're not just going to be slinging the oil in Jesus' name all over you, all right? So uh, we're, we're not going to do that. So if you want to be anointed with oil today, we're going to offer that. And, uh, and you can come and experience that, but you have to ask for it. And uh, I also just wanted to point this out, that there's, there's nothing about this oil that is special. There, this oil is a symbol, just like baptism is a symbol. There's nothing in the water of baptism that saves you. It, it, it's, the, it, it's just the symbol of it. There's nothing in communion that saves you. It's just the symbol of remembering. And that's what, that's what this oil has to do. It's just, it's, uh, actually, the oil is a symbol for 
of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever you see this oil in the Bible, when you anoint them with oil, it's just it's a symbol for the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're actually going to do this today. We're actually going to anoint you with oil if you'd like that. And so it says, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And it goes on to say, in the prayer offered in faith. So wherever you look at, on, wherever you look on the topic of miracles, you've got to understand this. That miracles, healing, and faith always go side by side. In fact, Jesus, one of, I think one of Jesus' famous sayings in the Bible is that almost every time he heals somebody, he says, it's your faith that healed you. And so, and, and so miracles and faith, they go hand in hand. You've got, you've got to understand that, to understand what healing is. And, so, uh, and it says it, to each other, and pray for each other so that they may be healed. And so this word, this word healed, is actually just a little bit it's just a little bit different, and, uh, and so anyway, let, oh, sorry, I am, I've got my notes mixed up here, and so the prayer offered in faith, sorry, and miracles will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them out, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven, and then it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed that's the big part there so that you may be healed so why in the world does he stop and say to confess your sins to each other like man i'm sick i am really sick and i i don't have time to stop and confess my sins sometimes have you ever been in that place before like man when you're sick you just you are just like it, it's ev the world should just revolve around you right I, I, at least I'm that person, and, and all my family can, can testify for that. Like, when I'm sick, everybody should, like, just, just bow at my feet and help me, all right? And, and I know some of you are in here, and you're just lying about it, but that's all right. Somebody can point them out for you. But, but, but when we're sick, that's all we're focused on, where our minds are so focused on just ourself. And, and what the Bible says is, is, I think it's so interesting in that passage in James, is that right after he says, he says, anoint them with oil. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so this part is important. It, it's, it's important for you to know that it's, you, are, you are also supposed to focus on your sin. Make sure, that, make sure that you're all right with God. Make sure that you've confessed with God so that you can be healed. And this word healed right here, literally means it's, it's a different word than what the word healing that we know this word healed is actually it's not a bodily healing it's actually an inner healing what this word literally literally is talking about is something so much deeper in your life it's actually talking about a healing of your soul and so the bible says that before you can before you can get healed of of your bodily sickness the bible says make sure that you've got your soul in order the Bible is trying to tell us, James is trying to tell us here, that before, that before you get so caught up with your actual physical sickness, he's saying to make sure you have your soul in the right place. And I think it's so interesting how it stops there, and it says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so there's three observations that I need you to know from this passage. In fact, if you've got your note-taking sheets, here's the first point on your note-taking sheet. Here it is. It's a it's God still heals people. You need to know that right off the bat, that God still heals people. And I remember when I was just a kid, and 
I, this is just one experience that I have, but I'm sure you have many other experiences, but, uh, but I've had many other experiences. But when I was a kid, I remember uh, when mom got diagnosed with some type of cancer. And I was so young that I didn't, even, I didn't even really comprehend it. But she's got a miracle testimony on how she, how she was diagnosed. But she ended up not even having cancer. And we believe that God supernaturally healed her. And she's here today. And so many of you, you've got stories about this. And you know that God still heals people. It's true. And you know this. And that's the easy part. In fact, Hebrews says this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if Jesus doesn't change, then why doesn't he heal people all the time? That's the big question. If he doesn't change, why doesn't he heal people all the time? And sometimes I think, if I was God, just to give you an example, like if I was God and I had this power to heal people, sometimes I think that I would just walk down to the hospital and like clear out every room in the hospital. Like how fun would that be? I'm like, are you like, you gone, and just like, boom, 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 right, and, and like, I'm like, so why God, why don't you do that, that sounds so much fun to me, and, uh, and, and, and it's unfortunate that it doesn't just happen that way, but, and, and so many of us, we've had disappointment in this area, and because of this disappointment, it just causes such fear to us, and so God still heals people, and we know that, in fact, Isaiah says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And so there's a point in our Christian journey where you really just have to wait on an answer. You have to wait for the answer, and you have to be like, well, I'm perfectly happy just showing up in heaven. I've got to be perfectly happy showing up in heaven, saying, God, why didn't you? And, 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 I, and sometimes I feel like that I'm going to do that, like show up in heaven and say, God, why in the world didn't you heal so-and-so? Why didn't you do this? And And but I have to remember this verse that, wow, God's ways are higher than mine. And I feel like that as soon as I say, as soon as I ask that question to God, God, why didn't you? I can just hear him in my mind saying, well, let me show you why. Let me show you why I didn't do this. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In fact, I have this theory, and uh, I think it's a great theory, and I hope that you agree with me. But I think that one day we're all going to just show up to heaven and we're all going to stand there in heaven and just like, the Bible says that, that, that it, 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 almost immediately we will, just, we will just know everything that we wanted to know, right? And so, and so I have a feeling that we're just going to like show up to heaven and all you're going to hear is like, whoa, <laughs> like, like wow, God, I, 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 I wish I would have known that beforehand. And, uh, it, it, and, but, but we don't because we don't, we can't understand it. In fact, the Bible says that, that heaven, that, that, in heaven, we'll understand that everything will become clear, is what the Bible says, that whenever we get to heaven, everything is going to become clear. So what does that mean? It means that everything on earth is not clear right now. And so if it's not clear on earth right now, then it means, then it means that, we've, that, that, that everything in heaven is going to be so much clearer. And the question is, are you going to be okay with that in the meantime? Are you going to be okay with not knowing why God didn't heal someone? Are you going to be okay with knowing that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts? Are you going to be okay with that, and are you going to trust Him? And that's why they call it faith. Listen, they don't call it faith on accident. It's faith for a reason. There's going to be parts that you won't understand, and because you don't understand parts of it, you just have to 
trust God with it. And so we celebrate miracles, but unfortunately, it doesn't happen to everyone. In fact, uh, one verse says in Hebrews, it says, all of, these, all of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised them, for God had something better in mind. In fact, one translation says that he had planned something so much better for them. And so if you're going to understand healing, you have to believe God for it, but you have to trust him when it doesn't turn out the way that you want it. So we believe God for healing, but when it doesn't turn out the way that we want it, we still have to trust him. In fact, I love what Isaiah says, and, and some of you, this is going to be your verse. <laughs> you need to understand this, that good, Isaiah says, good people pass away, and the godly often die before their time. And no one seems to understand that God is actually protecting them from the evil to come. And just like I said earlier, perhaps one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to say, wow, Lord, you're right. Wow, Lord, you knew more than I did. Thank you for doing what only you could do. And that's why I, have, I don't have a problem trusting in God. I don't have a problem in trusting in things that I don't understand because I don't have to worry about things because I, I put my faith in something like this, this verse. I put my faith in a God who knows so much more than me. I, I put my faith in a God that loves me so much and he has my best interest in mind so that I don't have to worry about these things. I love that ver verse. And so, uh, and, and so the Lord was actually protecting them. And, and so both of these are true. Both of these things are true. God still heals, but God doesn't heal, but he actually heals in a different way. Do you get where I'm going? He, 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 he still heals, but when it seems like he doesn't, he actually heals in a different way. And so both of those are true, but I just want to trust him for all of it. I don't know about you, but I just want to trust, like, like, hey, when I pray for you, if you come down here and you want healing, we're not going to have our prayer partner say, oh, I don't think you're the one. I don't think you're the right one. I, don't, I think God wants to just, just go ahead and protect you. You just go on, all right? You're, you're not the one. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to believe for everybody, but we also have to understand that, that the Bible says that, that God's thoughts are higher than ours. In fact, in 2 Timothy, it says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack, and he will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so... To which I ask in this verse, like it says, the Lord will rescue me and the Lord will bring me. And so I ask the Lord all the time, like, God, which one is it? Are you going to rescue me or are you going to bring me? <laughs> like, are you going to heal me or are you, you going to take me? Like, God, what are, what are you going to do? And, and the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is just yes. Like, yes, I, I'm going to rescue you and I'm, I, and I'm going to bring you. And so so that's why, that's why James, that verse that we read earlier, that's why James said, it said, it, they went from saying praise God and believe them and anoint them with oil, but then, like we read earlier, James went right to that whole dialogue about your soul. Like, make sure that you've got your soul in the right place. You need to make sure that, that you, you've got your soul in the right place. And it even used that word healing that doesn't even mean anything physical, but it means something spiritual. Why does he do that? It's because God is more concerned about my soul. This is, what you, this is the big point that you need to understand about healing. It's that God is more concerned with your soul. Why is he more concerned with your soul? 
Can I tell you this? That your body is not who you are. Your physical body is not who you are. In fact, my body is just something that I live in. And the Bible says that our life is just a mist in the light of eternity. The Bible also says that, that this life is just a test, that we have an opportunity to choose Christ, and then we have an opportunity to live it out for Him. And so my soul, my soul and spirit goes to heaven, but my body is not who I am. And for some of you, you just need to understand that, that this is not just who you are. The Bible says that your body is going to return to dust one day. So don't worry about this thing, but God is, God is not worried about this thing. He's more concerned about your soul. That's why it says in Matthew, it says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, you should be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about Satan. He's talking about, and don't be afraid of people who could kill you. Instead, you need to be afraid for your soul. You need to have a focus on your soul. And so while you're thinking about earth, Jesus is thinking about heaven. While we're sitting, while we're sitting here and just all thinking about ourselves and, and our body on earth, Jesus is saying that don't worry about it. I've got something better for you in heaven. And I want you to look at this story where the disciples go out Jesus' disciples, they go out and they heal this, and they go out and they heal this man. In fact, they, uh, they, they cast demons out of him. And so it's this big healing that they have. And so the disciples run back to Jesus and they say, Oh, Jesus, we've done something awesome. Like they are so, so excited. Let me just show you the verse. The disciples run back to Jesus and they're like, Man, Jesus, we healed someone. And, and, here's, and here's what Jesus says. While the disciples are all excited, that they healed somebody, Jesus says, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so Jesus says, while you're all concerned about what you're doing here on earth, and while you're all concerned about who you're healing here on earth, he's like, your focus should actually be that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that you're going to meet me in heaven. He's like, he's telling his own disciples that you've got the wrong thing. Stop focusing on yourself. Instead, focus on your soul and make sure that your eternity is where it's supposed to be. And so even the disciples got it wrong. And so to me, if the disciples got it wrong, that's a good excuse to say, okay, I can get it wrong too, all right? <laughs> so if you've got it wrong too, that's all right. So, so, that's, that, that's, so that's what happened with the disciples. And so we praise God for the miracles, but can I tell you that it's not all about, it's not just about the miracles. In fact, the greatest miracle is that one day, one day we will pass from this earth and we're going to spend eternity with God and our sins will be paid for. And that's the greatest miracle. That's the greatest thing that we can ask for. And so instead of just focusing on our body, Jesus is more focused on our soul. And so what do we do? What do we do? Well, we still pray. It's great to pray, but we have to focus on eternity. We have to make sure that our soul is in the right place. And here's really the kicker, is that the real goal of all of this is this, is that God wants me to grow in faith. Through all of this, He wants you to grow in faith. Remember when I said healing and faith go hand in hand in the Bible? This is what I'm talking about. God wants you to grow in faith. And while we're focused on whether we're healed or not, He's trying to tell us, he's trying to tell you without hurting your feelings that, 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 that he's not focused just on your body, 
but he's focused on your soul. In fact, God is not as focused on that as we are. God is looking at something so much deeper. God is looking at the process that goes on in you in the meantime. Can I tell you that there is a faith process that goes on in you while you're praying for someone to be healed? There is a process that goes on in the inside of you. And if you don't understand this, and if you don't understand this faith journey, Christianity will begin to drive you crazy. And you will, you will be way too results-focused while God is process-focused. Whenever we are results-focused, we, we, we don't understand what's going on, but, but because that's because God is process-focused. In fact, I put it on the screen like this. We're concerned about what's happen, happening to us, but God is concerned about what's happening in us. We're so concerned about our physical body, but God is so much more concerned about what's actually happening in us. And, and in other words, that while we're going through the thing that we're praying for, God is still at work. And even when you think He's not answering anything, God is still at work. And let me just personalize it for a minute. Hey, I've seen miracles. I've seen miraculous miracles where people have just been healed on the spot. I've only seen like one or two of those. And, it was, and it's been really, really cool. But man, I, 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 I've also prayed for people and they've passed on. And, and they're still sick. And I, and I often have to wonder, like, God, why in the world doesn't it go my way? Why, why, doesn't, it, why doesn't my prayer get answered? And uh, I can tell you that it's almost it's every day that I sit and I, I, I pray for something that, man, my prayer list, there's some things that are just always at the top of my prayer list. And I have to ask God, why in the world? God, why aren't you moving? And one of those things is that uh, my grandma had a stroke just about a year ago from now. And uh, when, when she had that stroke, it affected her eyesight. And one of the things that I do almost every morning on the top of my prayer list is I pray for her. And I pray specifically that, that God would just give her back her sight. And thank God that he's done some of it. And, and, he, and he continues to heal her sight, but it's, it's not all the way better. It's not finished. And so when I sit down and I pray, and it's almost a daily thing, I pray that God, you're going to give it all the way back. You're going you're gonna to completely restore her. And it's been, it's been a thing that over a year, man, that I've been praying this same prayer over and over and over again, just praying for full restoration for her. And, and, and I just pray that, God, would you just deliver her from her side issues? And, and, and would you just give her back the things that, that you've ripped from her? And, and honestly, I see, I see her living out this life just, just full of sight again. And I know that that's, I know that that's not happening right now, but... But I, I really believe that it can happen. But can I tell you that the reality of it right now is that it looks like that she's going to struggle with it for the rest of her life. But can I tell you, it doesn't stop me from trusting God. That issue does not stop me from believing that he could still do it. It does not stop me from praying daily for it. It doesn't stop me, and that's what I need you to get. And, and let me tell you what's happened in the past year. And it's nothing about her sight. What's happened in the past year in me? God has done something great in me. Every day, it seems like when I pray for that, he's done a work. He's done a journey of faith inside of me. And since I have committed to pray for that, man, my relationship with God is stronger. He's pulled me closer. I've become a little bit more intimate with him. And through, through that problem, he's pulled me closer. 
And through that problem, he's, took it, he's taken me through a journey of faith. And that's what I need you to understand. And, and sometimes I'm, I ask God, like, God, what's, what's going on? And, and it's like, and I, I, honestly, I have no idea what's going on. And some of you are in here probably today and say, Noah, why in the world doesn't God heal all the time? Why doesn't God heal all the time? You ready? I'm going to give you the answer. You ready? Write this down. You got to answer. I I got the answer to this question. Why doesn't God heal all the time? Here's the answer. I don't know. I have no idea. I hope you got that down in your notes. I have no idea why he doesn't heal all the time. But all I do know is that there's a journey of faith going on inside of me in the meantime. In the meantime, while I'm praying for that healing for someone, God is taking me on a faith journey, and I'm growing. And that's what I can trust. And so, do I go, do, do I just stop? Do I say, well, maybe it's just supposed to be this way? No. No, I go back and I pray again. And I pray again. And I continue to do it. And I just say, God, heal them. I've got some just on the top of my list that every day it's just like, God, I'm ready for you. Today can be the day. You can heal them today. You can heal them today. And I still trust him every single day. And while I trust him, God is continually taking me on this faith journey. And I want to take you on that faith journey. That's my goal, is I want you to have a faith journey with the only one who's worthy of the journey, to take you on the journey. And so I want to take you on that faith journey. And so the truth is, is that healing is not actually what you think it is. And I hate to disappoint you today, but healing is not actually what we think it is. Healing is just actually a big faith journey. In fact, uh, in Hebrews, it says this. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so when do you seek God the most? Let me ask you, when do you seek God the most? When everything's going all right? No. For most of us, we begin to seek God the most when there's a problem in our life when we don't have enough, whenever we need a healing in our life, we begin to seek God the most when everything's not answered, when, when we have a big need. In fact, can I tell you that the, that the first year of this church, I prayed a lot. I prayed a whole lot. Like, like I think I got closer to God than ever before. And I still pray a lot today, but can I tell you, I prayed a lot when none of y'all were here. Like, when you guys weren't here, when there was just a the same 20, 30 people coming in the door, I just pray, God, give me some more. Like, let, it, let the doors overflow. Like, I was standing, pacing in the lobby. Like, Lord, let there be someone new show up today. Like, just one person. That's all I wanted. Like, just, like just somebody. And so, and so, but through that, I just want to show you that I went on a faith journey. It brought me closer. It brought me so much closer to God. And so he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's why the very, next book, the very next verse in the book of James about healing, it says this, it says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. In this verse, it just kind of is like, he prayed and it happened, but can I tell you that in between him, him praying, there's this huge faith journey that I need you to understand. There's a big faith journey that Elijah goes through. There's this big healing journey that Elijah goes through. In fact, Elijah in this verse, he had gotten a word from God that you're going to get Ahab to return or to turn from his wicked ways 
And, 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 and he says, if with the rain. And so Elijah says, write this down. Uh, Elijah, Elijah says this. He says, again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And so it's like Elijah had this, they sum this up in the book of James as just a couple verses, but there's this big story that goes along with it. And I kind of, I want to walk you through this today. And I'm not sure if I got point number one on this slide, sorry. Oh, here it is. Here's point number one. Faith begins with a word from God. Faith begins with a word from God. Write that down real quick. In other words, you can't grow in your faith without something inside of you that God has spoken to you. You can't grow without a word from God. And where does that word come from? Well, in Romans it says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what I need you to do is I need you to read your Bible. How do you get a word from God? Well, you can't get a word if you don't open up his book. Read the Bible. I need you to read it so that you can get a word from God. And can I tell you that daily, almost daily, I, well, I'd probably tell you that every day, I come discouraged. I wake up discouraged every day. But can I tell you that when I go to the word of God, and when I read things like he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above, it, it encourages me, everybody. You need to read your Bible. Read the word of God. Hebrews 4, it says this, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit. It goes on to say, joints and morals. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Can I tell you that if you read your Bible, it will do a work inside of you. When you start to read it, it does a work inside of you. And I want you to watch really what happens in the Elijah story that I was talking about. In the Elijah story, there's been three and a half years that go by and and Elijah gets desperate and he thinks, man, I better pray for some rain. And can I tell you that when Elijah prays for rain, there isn't even a cloud in the sky. Let's look at it in 1 Kings. It says, Elijah tells his servant, he says, go and look towards the sea. And when he went up and looked, the servant said, there's nothing there. Can I tell you that sometimes when we're looking for healing, this happens. We send somebody else like, hey, I've prayed. Go look and see if there's something. And you go look and it's like, man, there's nothing there. Nothing's changed. I don't know about you, but that happens to me a whole lot. Like when I pray for things, it seems like I go and I pray for it and I go and there's just nothing there. But it doesn't stop there. It says seven times Elijah said, go back, go back. And for some of you, that's the word that's those two words are what you need to have inside of you. For some of you, for your healing, you just need to go back and you just need to trust God again. Just like I talked about with Grandma every day, I go back. Even though I went yesterday and there was nothing there, I go back every single day. I continue to go back. Why? Because I believe that, the, that God likes the closeness He has with you. He loves the closeness that... That, you ha that he has with you whenever you keep going back to him. Can I tell you that if, if God answered everything that you ever wanted immediately, you probably wouldn't go to him very much. It just wouldn't happen. But God likes the closeness whenever you continue to go back. It goes on to say, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. 
And so after the seventh time, the servant comes back to Elijah, and he says, man, there's a cloud, but it's not a big one. <laughs> like, like, like there's something, but, but, but it's not all that big. And so Elijah says, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And so what in the world does this, can this story teach us? It teaches us this, number two, that faith continues regardless of what, he, what I see. Can I tell you that even though Elijah didn't see anything the first six times, he continued to go back. Regardless of what he saw the first six times, he continued to go back. And because he continued to go back, it, it, it happened. So your faith has to continue no matter what you see, no matter whether you see the healing happen immediately or, or you don't see anything happen. Your faith has to continue no matter what you see. In fact, uh, if you're going to understand faith, you've got to understand this verse. 2 Corinthians says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And so, Pastor, what in the world? What do I do in the meantime? So, so, he, so here's, what you, here's what Hebrews says. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember that the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need. Can I tell you that patient endurance, those two words right there, I don't like those words. I don't like either one of those words. I don't like to be patient, and I don't like to endure things. But the Bible says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. And so... You know the rest of the Elijah story. You know that it goes like this. Here's how it goes. It says, meanwhile, the sky grew black. And so that one little cloud, the one little thing that Elijah saw, it says the sky grew black and it grew. And the winds rose and a heavy rain came on, on and Ahab rode off. And so uh, he, he, he went off and so the rain eventually came. So you just got to understand that your faith journey has to continue. If you don't see something the first time, go back, just like Elijah. Just keep going back. Go back until you see something. Go back until something happens. And so there was this supernatural miracle that that one little bitty cloud, it turned into this great rainstorm, and God ended up doing something more than expected. And here's the last thing, number three here. Faith goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. And can I tell you that this happens every single time. And I had you write down these two words on purpose. I had you write down small beginning on purpose because I think that's the part of the journey that people really despise. I don't know about you, but I hate small beginnings. Like that's the worst part to me. Man, let, let, let the small beginnings get over with. And, and can I tell you that there's just too many people that are end-in-mind type of people. In fact, I, I wonder, have you ever went on a trip, and, uh, and, and there's just some people that, whenever you go on a trip with people, some people are journey people. You know what I mean? They like to stop, and they like to look at things, and, and, they, like to, and, and they just like to stop and look around. But I don't know about you, but I'm a destination type person. Like, when I go on a trip, I don't want to stop. Like, if you've got to stop and go to the bathroom, that's like the worst thing ever for me. Like, like... At least wait until we have to get gas, right? Like, I would rather run out of gas. Like, like, like I just want to get there. I don't care if we pass 
the world's largest, nicest, whatever. I just want to get to my destination. And I'm, I'm one of those just destination type people that just, I don't want to look and I don't want to stop until we get there. But the truth is, is that even though I might be a destination type person, God is not. God is a journey person. And He likes that faith journey that He has with you. God likes the journey that He has with you when sometimes things don't go your way and you keep going back to Him. He likes the closeness that He can have with you. And I think that when you get to heaven and some of these things that we don't understand and some of these things that we're like, God, why didn't you heal? Why didn't you heal so-and-so? I think whenever we get to heaven, we'll say, God, wow, you did it exactly how you were supposed to. But you've got to appreciate the journey. You need to appreciate the journey. In fact, Zechariah, it says this, do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices just to see the work begin. And so I feel like God is just telling me almost daily, like, Noah, don't despise how close you got to me whenever you prayed for your grandma. God, he's saying, he said, Noah, don't, don't despise what, what happened whenever you cried out for me. I love the closeness that we have. And even though I like to see the work end, God loves the journey. He loves to have the journey with you. He loves to draw closer to you. In fact, that's why Paul says in this verse, this is the last one today. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, well, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so watch what happens. Since God said that my power works best in weakness, Paul says, so now I'm going to, I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. He says, okay, God, if you're not going to heal me and if your power works best in my weakness, I'm going to be happy about my weakness so that you can work through me. That's what God wants to do. God's a journey person and he likes everything that you experience. And so really today, what this message is all about is that if everyone around us is, we're all so focused on healing. We're all so focused on bodily healing, but that's not the most important thing. For you to understand healing, you have to understand faith, and you have to understand this, is that the process is the point. The process through the healing journey is the entire point. That faith process is the point. God just wants you to draw closer to Him. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning? This morning, some of you are in here and you really feel like you need to be healed from your past and that you just need to give everything that is weighing on you. You just need to give it up. Well, today, that can be you. Today, you can give all your cares and worries to the God of the universe who cares about you and loves you. This morning, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. And for some of you today, that's what you need to do. For some of you today, you need to give Jesus your life so that you can start that healing journey. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Noah, I just want to give Jesus my life. I want to give him everything that I got. If that's you on the count of three, I would just love to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand just so I know who I'm praying for? Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Would you lift your hand this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
You can put your hands down. Church, because we believe in this prayer, would you just pray this after me? Say, Dear God, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you've raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer this morning?